Hi, welcome to Elephant Out the Room. A very brief introduction today. It's an episode, just me. I focus on musical development in children, what can influence particular types of development, whether it's the family or the home environment, how external factors can also influence musical skills. This podcast is sponsored by Matchfit, a friend of mine's company that focuses on sportswear, particularly Matchfit grip socks, which is the perfect material if you're playing a particular sport, which should be football. But check the website out, www.matchfitsportswear.co.uk. Also on Instagram at Matchfit, you should be able to find them on my Instagram page. But without further ado... Focusing on music psychology, but this episode will be mainly focused on what the home and family and possibly school environment can do to to help musical development. It's work that I had to do for my music psychology module, but I thought, as as I've said before in another episode, that it's always good to just say things that either inspired me or interested me or something that I think is worth sharing on a platform, um, especially as a lot of the episodes are centered around music and I'm trying to do as many music ones as possible. So clearly the development of of musical skills if you want to be a a musician, a successful musician or someone that's definitely competent um, playing an instrument or singing, it's a lot of what happens does come in childhood. A lot of the important things um, happens during childhood and that's firstly I think it's not dependent on how successful you are or how what you achieve but it does have I think a huge influence um, I can go into my personal experience it's probably different from other musicians but how this development is acquired has, has been examined in a lot of detail um, but it's just looking at what caused the impact or the, or the growth of the development and I think it's important to understand this it's, it's good to understand the um, how musical skills develop because it can be implemented in re- real life situations or in educational planning so you can teach kids at school at a younger age in music different ways to to study or to apply their musical skills but then also what's important to note is generally speaking it's difficult to when you're researching it is difficult to study children Firstly, there's there's a few ethical issues, and then when you're investigating children, particularly with surveys, they can't articulate themselves very well and, and don't always respond well to what you're trying to get them to do. There's definitely been some really interesting results. I, I always remember a study where researchers were left the room but left a suite on the table with a kid, and they said you could have that now or, or maybe two in ten minutes, and it's really interesting to see the as you're younger the really basic you know you don't really have much of a thought process about what two could actually mean you're just so focused on that one suite I think that is a little different to adults as well so anyway in terms of how we research this a lot of what's used is called participant observation it's something I've learned about since being at university it's where you it's difficult to draw the line for me but it's where you're observing something but obviously you're also participating as well to put it very plainly so I always feel that there's a line that you have to cross um, so you 
as I say, you can watch something unfold. But I think part of it is being able to adapt to the situations and change it based on what you want, what the results you want to try and gain. So also before understanding how musical development is attained, um, it, it is, again, unuseful to... It's important to understand what we mean, what one means by musical development. There's stage models that have been proposed, mainly called... Uh, so there's a stage model by Shutter Dyson and Gabriel and by Hargreaves and Galton. And they look at key characteristics for development. They've adapted a theory or, or some sort of model that makes it clear to see the different ways you can develop. And I, I want to cover that in, in more detail in another episode. But basically they incorporate what happens at the age of 0 to 1, 1 to 2, etc, etc. And while this is it's very good to be able to see clearly the progression of the average child. But when I say average child, it's it's also should be very adaptable. So you, you shouldn't hold back a child if they're above a certain age and vice versa. You should try and encourage children who may be falling slightly behind, maybe can't recognise harmony or pitch at the age that most can, but it doesn't mean that they're any worse. They can just develop a different rate and develop different things as well. It, it doesn't have to be as set in stone as the theory model suggests. So this, these models can include um, skills in musical development that could range from being able to, to sing back pitch or understanding and clapping back rhythm or being able to uh, recognise a change in harmony or melody. So it's all things to do with those, those music skills. What I'd also like to mention is that upon doing research for this, there are a few things, and I I may have, this isn't necessarily, this is quite correlational, um, but when I was researching how the child picks up musical skills from their parents, there was a few studies that, that show that this can actually even be done before, before a fetus is born. So the fetus is capable of hearing external sounds at around 20 weeks and this can generally be identified in their heart rate variation and the movement in response to external sounds that's not a direct link between prenatal stimulation and musical development but exposure to music could be an important factor for children this exposure can provide children with a quicker or better understanding of musical elements at an earlier age uh, mainly down to increased time spent listening there's definitely been studies that have shown that the more music you listen to especially as a younger child uh, the more likely you are to recognize certain patterns or be able to identify different musical elements and obviously it's quite clear that a lot of people have heard about studies that suggest that if you play Mozart to a child um, in the womb then might increase certain cognitive abilities but the research isn't quite as set as that um, needless to say a lot of parents do still do that which I think is completely fine because you get to listen to classical music but also the uh, musical experiences of a parent can impact a child's exposure so what I mean by this is uh, there was a study conducted by Custodero in 2003 and he found that parents that had musical education or were able to this is in a, a survey Parents who had formal musical education or recalled singing in their family, whether that was their mother singing to them, 
were then more likely to play music for their child. Uh, this was obviously self-reporting, but it, it, it's appropriate to assume that the parent's perception of their childhood is fairly accurate. So I've kind of concluded in that sense that exposure to music before and during birth could suggest that the, the speed and ability of one of a baby's musical development is is predetermined in a small sense. And it's almost generational because if you're exposed to singing and musical education at a young age, you're more likely to then play it to your child, who's then more likely to play it to their child. So I, I feel that it's generational. And that could that's the, the thing when you think about I'd like to think that I have a musical family. Uh, my mum plays instruments, studied a music degree. My auntie studied a music degree. My other auntie plays piano. My granddad wrote music for a musical um, called Below Stairs. So there's there's a lot, there's a musical bone, if you will, in the family. And I've always been interested to see whether that's down to genetics or environmental. So the fact that obviously we've been playing a lot of music together and it was not forced upon me, but it was I was influenced at a young age to play the piano. So that's always of interest it's probably a bit of both to be fair um, and it's hard to measure exactly what percentages would account for that so after birth obviously as a child grows they begin to have interactions with their surroundings and this is all part of developing and socialization and learning from the environment and in one of the models by by Swanick and Tillman they highlight the importance of this interaction of an individual and their home, their school, and as they go out into the wider society. In relation to the musical interaction between a parent and a child, this is very strongly influenced by whether or not the adult introduces and transmits musical signs through the interactions. And the way they can do this, they can communicate in different forms. So they can be a transmitter, a practice partner, or a co-player. And these are three roles that were identified in the model. And they're associated with how the parents teach the musical knowledge and how they assist with musical practice. So are they going to, you know, be a transmitter whereby they transmit different musical gestures and signs that helps the child learn? Will they then practice with the child and show them the more technical things? Or even as the child develops, they can co-play so they can make sure that the child is keeping in rhythm and being able to basically being able to learn how to play not within a band, but with, with someone else as well, and learning the complexities of that, which is very useful for future performance. What makes this different in certain families is also how a parent how has to perceive the child's level and then provide the cultural science. So this refers to the idea that to make something, to make a child uh, successful at something, or even just to teach them more broadly, rather than just... For example, I'm not going to. If I were to be teaching someone music, I wouldn't teach a ten-year-old and a five-year-old necessarily the same things. Well, it could be the same thing, but it'd have to be taught in a different way for the child to understand it. So, if it was a particularly difficult musical task, I'd have to try and break it down into smaller chunks. And that's what parenting that's been most effective for musical development is when the parent really understands the child's cognitive levels and and abilities and tries to help teach in a way that they can understand it as clearly as possible and also how can this be achieved you know how can a family support musical development there's been studies by kelly and sutton smith that identified the parents who engaged in so mentioned musical interaction when the child's singing and trying to develop their pitch 
when the parents who were more active in helping develop pitch or develop singing uh, obviously there were the children were more successful so in turn by acting as a co-player or transmitting musical signs the the children developed pitch and other musical elements a lot more quicker and efficiently and then the the role of the practice partner has been shown in another study observing how the children react to piano playing when they're in, when engaged when children are engaged with toys they react to piano playing and then they respond to the music improvising with language and the children were exploring their own compositions what they could do with their body and their their singing so which is key to to musical development it's the idea that the children are exploring different ways and different musical elements i mentioned uh, transmitting musical science but there's something called music enculturation which is essentially learning a musical system in a particular culture um, so obviously different every country even different areas have a particular musical system and the child's musical development is shaped by how the parents pass on this knowledge so this is only focusing on western enculturation not taking into account other ways of passing passing musical knowledge um, which is fine because obviously it's looking at particularly western children and, and their development and i think that's what the stage models i mentioned earlier focused on there are obviously other ways that a child's musical skills can develop. There was a study by Berger that carried out a program on 18 children to, to investigate musical development in free play. And the findings showed that an adult can be essential in allowing musical free play by being attentive and providing encouraging comments or allowing for further exploration. And this, again, just shows that if an adult can perceive a child's cognitive level or their emotional level for example then they can respond accordingly to that so if a child is currently playing with an instrument and an adult goes over for example a school environment and they say no you should be doing like this sometimes that can have a negative effect because the child was just having a bit of fun and then there's been documentation of the child then leaving the musical instrument so it's not helpful at all it makes things worse on the other hand, if a child's struggling with something on the piano and you go over and you say, this is how you do it, the child may respond be un may respond well to that. So it's just about, I guess you could say, reading the room or understanding the, the child's level and, and their mood at that time, which can be difficult to do. And I suppose experience in dealing with children can can help that. This, do this corresponds with Neely's view, um, who in 2001 commented that the quality of the learning experience depends on ways in which adults shape the experience create personal meaning for the child the family environment do have an influence there's a lot of things that happen at school and socialization that can have an impact as well but my argument generally is that regardless of what happens at school a lot of it a lot of it's still shaped by how the family can help so they can offer behavioral they can offer cognitive support they can offer behavioral support or they can offer even financial support so it's whether they are they taking their children to to piano practice are they providing a younger age are they going to nursery or musical classes with them to support them in in musical free play and free play is basically the idea that a child um, is just allowed to experiment and explore with any music and it's less rigid or it's less structured when you're developing your music skills it's not just about the formulaic musical education of scales and practicing pieces and especially at a younger age it's a lot better to find what you're most interested in 
and explore what instruments make different sounds or even then don't have to be instruments just explore the different sounds that one can make and even when so when the child is growing up and maybe has lessons the most successful transitions for students or people with great musical skills are where the pupil and the teacher have a good relationship and that the parent is also there in forms of emotional or cognitive support as was mentioned in the the work that I did there's there's quite a few ways that the family environment can shape musical development and I think that happens particularly during the early years of, of childhood when I try and link it to, to my experience obviously as I mentioned before I have a very musical family and was practicing and playing a lot when I was younger but then very interestingly I had a, a gap of about five or six years where it was extremely minimal practice or exposure to playing instruments maybe a few hours a day to maybe a few hours a week so it's a big transition and even nothing in a week as well. So I want to kind of cover more what can happen. What do you lose in, in that spec time period? And can you get back to a similar level? How do you get back to that level? And there are a lot of interesting things. And when, because obviously there are, there's clearly childhood is very important, but I don't think that should stop an adult who hasn't had any musical experience trying to take up an instrument trying to get exposed to music because I think that's very important to to be able to encourage but certainly the, there's a lot of information to show that musical development can really be molded at an early age and I think that if obviously there's a fine line between forcing a child to do certain things but if you can set up the right experiences so obviously having a good as I mentioned, a family environment where you can provide different types of support. But then in school, um, allowing the child to then develop themselves and develop musical free play and experiment with instruments, etc. So there's a lot of different ways that one can develop. But as I said before, it's it's important to understand this, I think, because then you can then you can teach it, then you can make people understand how to develop their musical skills and even if you're a musician just to consider how when did you when was the prime age you develop I've spoken to Charlie and other musicians who say they no longer have to think about certain things or they can't even remember how they learned something which is very interesting because maybe it was done at such an early age it's literally just second nature whereas someone like myself who's had quite a lot of time out I can see that there's things that happen and just happen but there's a lot of things where I'm having to relearn it and that's taking a lot longer so I'm I would say I'm a very uneven piano player or musician because I have certain things down to a T and then other things are very much behind so I guess it's useful to or interesting to explore how I can get other things up to scratch but yeah there we go just a shorter episode with myself because I wanted to talk more about how the home and family and parents can can influence your musical development and I think the takeaway is that while they can have a huge influence and really mould your your future in in how you respond and engage with music particularly because a lot of children seem to have very similar music tastes and have emotions to music that they listen to during their childhood I don't think that should deter anyone that's looking to go into music at a later later stage because there's 
so many opportunities and particularly with the the resources you've got now i mean even people learning an instrument just through youtube it's fantastic so i think it should definitely be encouraged to take up music at any time and you still be able to develop uh, at a very quick pace if the work attitude is there and i certainly will be exploring in further detail the different models the different ways you can explore whilst i do that as well with piano but i hope you've enjoyed the podcast it's not always nice to do a lone one but i am looking forward to have have a lot of different guests coming up so hope to see you all then thank you <laughs>